comes Menenti now to Patterson. And it's down the ground. This could be it for Patterson. The crowd are applauding because the ball goes across the rope. He raises the bat to the crowd. New South Wales skipper Curtis Patterson brings up his 100. What a knock it's been. There's been some adversity there. Leading from the front. Deckity to continue. Ball yeah. and punch down the ground and that'll be that. What a win for Western Australia. They trailed by 96 runs on the first innings when they were dismissed for 115. You thought they were in an impossible spot to win. Then a tremendous bowling performance in the third session yesterday that brought them right back into the game. Some nervy moments early in this innings when they were 4 for 24 and the wickets were falling early. But a brilliant innings from Aaron Hardy and one as well from Hilton Cartwright have righted the ship for Western Australia. A very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. We've just been reading some cricket books. It's time for us to talk a little bit of current cricket. Yes, well, the last page I read out to you, Maddie, and a very uh, warm welcome to you and all our loyal listeners. It was actually back 144 years ago. I was, we're just reflecting back on some happenings in the very first test match but we might get more about that later on yeah tabsy's take is back in this edition Mm. of the program and that man charles bannerman does get a mention from tabsy a little bit later on and i'm I'm looking forward to that charles bannerman Mm. that's well i'm responding i've got my own charles bannerman that this is this is this won't happen every week but this is my Robbie's sweet spot that I've got and Charles Bannerman's in it. Oh wow. Let's let's well, not spoil go. it. No, not no, spoil it yet. Let's just keep keep listening along because there's been a flurry of Sheffield Shield action, Robbie, uh last week. Some big games. Only one result. And that was what a game that was. WA v Queensland. Let's start with that one, Robbie. A wonderful well, performance with the bat in the second innings from Aaron Hardy to get WA over the line. A three-wicket victory on a very difficult pitch to bat on by the looks of things. It's just extraordinary. Um, I don't know. This is one of the great Houdini victories of all time by Western Australia. When, when you, if you take a deep dive into how this match went, like they, were, they were bowled out in their first innings for 115. And, Matt, Matty, Lucky to make that because they were seven for 46 at one stage. But as you said, Aaron Hardy got 44. They ended up making um, 90, sorry, 115. Queensland then replied with 211. So they'd virtually led by 100. Uh, Michael Neese said, gee, he is a good cricketer. Him and Usman Kwas both got 56. And then, Matty, we went into the second innings, uh, so WA. So second innings um, for Queensland. So, so second innings for Queensland. Sorry, they get um, they get knocked over for ninety seven, and all of a sudden, WA back and going. But that ninety seven, one stage they were none for thirty nine. Yeah, and then you could have a listen to some of these names. The top four have all played for Australia: Burns, Renshaw, Labuschagne, Usman Kalaja, and then that, that's a good batting lineup. And then they're all out for 97. And then at 
Matty, you take it up from here, but the target was just under 200 by WA, um, who got away to a terrible start. Yeah. But um, I hope it was out for a duck. Uh, How'd they win from there? Our man Michael Neeser and Mark Steckety in, the, in that first innings too. Steckety on fire with the ball, but it was Hilton Cartwright and Aaron Hardy that resurrected things. Hilton Cartwright, 69 before he was caught and bowled by Neeser. But the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour, Aaron Hardy, 70 not out off 121 balls, getting WA over the line. Seven wickets down in the 75th over, despite the heroics of Neeser, five for 36. Well done, Aaron Hardy. Well, well done, WA. Exciting first-class cricket, albeit all over and done within a couple of days. Uh, went, in, went into the third day there. And while that was going on, there was incredible scenes down in Tasmania, Robbie, with it looked like um, uh, a horrific storm. That it was. It was like it looked like snow was on the ground uh, as that hailstorm hit and denied the Tigers any chance of victory in that game against Victoria after piling on five hundred and thirty-five in their first innings. Yeah, I just wonder if they got a little bit greedy there. And um, but as I said, another draw for Victoria. Um, I'm not sure if um, Tadzi's take is working on that one for this episode, but um, I'm, I'm re- I am, you know, I'm very keen to find out just how many draws Victoria played in yeah. in recent years. That adds another one to it. But um, yeah, it was a funny old game, wasn't it, Tadzi? But I'm really glad that one of the good guys in Australian cricket, Jordan Silk, he finally got some real reward for for, you know, for the type of person and character that he is. 154 not out of 161 balls. Look, he's probably one of the best fielders in Australia, but I just really, I don't know about you, Tadzi, um, we've seen lots of what, he'll, what he does off the field, and I thought it was just a great reward that he was able to really, you know, get his, that high score, 154, not out. It was just great batting. Yeah, a, a wonderful human being, Jordan Silk, JC Silk, for those that prefer the initials being used. What's uh, his middle name? I don't know his middle name. I'm mm. I'm a specialist with the initials, Robbie, but I'm not a specialist with yeah. the names. But um, Tabsy's going to take a bit of a uh, a look at Ashley Chandrasinghe as well. Great to yep. see him scoring runs for Victoria, and our man Peter Hanscom. I think um, I think Tabsy's going to have a deep dive into Peter Hanscom's numbers as well. Ninety five for him in that first innings for yep. Victoria as well, and Robbie, the game that I had a close eye on because I was there. Um, New South Wales v South Australia, a really enthralling fixture down at the North Dalton Park in Wollongong. And in the end, probably rain uh, yeah. cost us the, the, the chance of a result with that game being very evenly poised, uh, finishing in a draw. Yeah, what would you make it, Matty? The New South Wales, um, they shattered it for probably for the first time all season. Their top four in that third innings got amongst the runs. Um, Daniel Hughes, obviously, is 91. But uh, Curtis Patterson, great to see him get 122 not out of them. I really enjoyed your call of his century, Matty. It was fantastic. Congratulations on the job you did. Um, you and the team up there was absolutely fantastic. It was great to hear Michelle Gosgo, um, Marianne Henderson, uh, Gav Joshi, and, of course, Jack Clifton. So, yeah, good little crew there. And um, 
see, it sounded like you really enjoyed watching KP in full fight. Yeah, five, five for three eighty nine for New South Wales. Uh, Curtis Patterson, after, in his words, spewing his guts up uh, the the morning of the game, battling a, a, a migraine headache. I I don't know about you, Robbie. I I used to suffer migraine headaches quite badly, and the thought of doing anything, let alone peeling off a hundred. Um, it's the furthest thing from your mind when you're in that condition. But well done, Curtis Patterson there. A, a wonderful innings. And I thought someone who will get a few – he got a few mentions in commentary. Where's Agar, the night watchman? Mm. His debut oh. half century, 57 from just 62 balls. He would be loving Wollongong. Where's Agar? What, what a game for him. Couple of wickets with the ball in that first innings bowled really well, two for sixty nine, follows it up with a half century, and then three for forty three with the ball in New South Wales second innings as well, where Baxter Holt, one of my favourite players, forty nine not out in that New South Wales second innings. And then yeah, then the rain came. The rain and the bad light yeah. uh saw saw a premature end to the fixture and, and probably Point shared, I guess, in terms of yeah. uh, where, like, who had the ascendancy ascendancy coming out of it. Uh, but great to see New South Wales, as you said, Robbie, uh, a good first innings total for them, and some promising signs going forward in in the Marsh Sheffield Shield competition for a New South Wales perspective. Yeah, Matty, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on um, before we leave the uh, Marsh Sheffield Shield couple of Australian players there. Alex Kerry with a nice half century in that first inning. But Travis Head missed out again in the first innings. I know um, Michael, a very loyal listener from Canberra, would be keen to get uh, your thoughts in around how you think Travis Head's travelling at the moment and Alex Kerry. Yeah, Travis Head looked good and then he just chased a short wide one from Liam Hatcher and was caught behind. It was a fairly innocuous delivery uh, mm. at first glance and just one of those ones where when you're in when you're in your peak of your powers you're probably putting that one away so yeah disappointing end to his innings there Alex Carey looks exceptional some cover, some of Alex Carey's cover drives were exemplary and just a little good news story out of this Robbie the, there was some young youngsters from the Wollongong Cricket Club manning the barbecue tents uh, there's some great sausage sizzles there, but one of the youngsters was actually trying to he, he was he was trying to put a bid in for Nathan Lyon's sunglasses. He was offering to buy uh, Nathan Lyon's sunglasses, but they weren't for sale. But yeah. Alex Alex Carey um, actually gave one of the youngsters his playing shirt and signed it for oh, him. How good! So oh, good. They're, they're, they're the kind of memories that. Um, like in twenty years' time, I can imagine that youngster being at the Sheffield Shield and still yeah. still loving the game. So great, great to see that there, Robbie. And um, the follow up game in the Marsh One Day Cup, South Australia. What a what a win this was, Robbie. I don't know how much of this one you saw, but I, I was following this one really closely. South Australia batting first, Nathan McSweeney leading the way with ninety four, and they were five for three thirty from their fifty overs. New South Wales, two wickets for Hayden Kerr, two wickets for Liam Hatcher, the best of the bowlers. And then in reply, New South Wales were cruising. Daniel yep. Hughes, who backing up from his uh, 91 in the Shield game, 
he was he was looking like he was going to bring it home for the Blues, but unfortunately, he was run out at the non-strikers end, Robbie. Oh, yeah, that was a massive blow, wasn't it? But yeah, I think it was a case of that like, South Australia got away from New South Wales uh, in those last ten overs, Maddie. Mm. I think they scored something. They scored over a hundred runs. Around about 100 runs in those last 10 overs. And in the end, that, that's what cost them. But, yeah, great to see uh, Daniel Hughes in good touch. He's got good uh, Marsh Cup form. Um, yeah, McSweeney's a good player. It was good to see Alex Perry again. Got a 67 and Travis Head 55. So that's a couple of really good little hit-outs there. And, um, yeah, all in all, but just looking at that uh, the table there in that Marsh Cup now, it's... Um, just alarm bells there for New South Wales, who are sitting at the bottom of the table, um, yet to have a win in their three games, along with the Queensland Bulls. Yeah, and Queensland going down by just five runs against WA. What a, what a game this one was. Some excellent 50-over cricket over the weekend. WA all out for 236. You had Michael Neeser, another five-wicket haul for him, five oh. for 28. Uh, our man, Garinda Sandu, three for 42. And then Queensland in reply, Matthew Renshaw. What a what an innings from him! A hundred and four before he was sadly run out uh, yes. by Cameron Gannon, and Queensland losing that one by five runs in the final over. So there's two balls to go when the final wicket fell. Berendorf three wickets, Matthew Kelly three wickets, Aaron Hardy two wickets, and a win for Western Australia. Maddie, just a quick one. Marnus just missed out there as well, just out for five. And um, yeah, it's just it's been a little bit of an up, up and down start to the season. But yeah, great to see Maddie Renshaw. As you know, um, you know, massive fan of particularly what he was doing when he was playing Test cricket. Um, yeah. I always remember that big century at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yeah, and you've had a big uh, rap on uh, him from long before yeah, then, Robbie. That's right. And I, look, I, I've said I still would not rule him out. I've, at some point, David Warner's test career will finish. He'll retire at some point. Um, and there's a few in the queue. Uh, yeah. Looking at that spot, don't rule out uh, Matty Renshaw. And How about that? Yeah, well, there you go. You've heard it here first. MT Renshaw, another player on Robbie's short list of 34 players to open the batting for <laughs> Australia on the, on, yeah. on the yeah, retirement. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, Deary me. Now, I did have... I did have Bryce Street on that, but he's just dropped down the rankings a little bit. Oh, well, we might we might need to start classifying Bryce Street as an all-rounder after his eight-wicket haul in uh, Brisbane cricket. first-grade cricket. Yeah, yeah I, yep. I dare say that our man Bryce Street will be back as be the back. batting all-rounder. Yeah, just he's just biding his time, and sometimes that's not a bad thing, Robbie, to go back to club oh. cricket and dominate. Yeah, but Matty... A little bit of disappointment in life is often the luckiest, luckiest break that you can have. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's the perfect segue for where the Sydney Thunder are sitting in the WBBL <laughs> ladder Ooh. at the moment. They've played the most games and they've had the least amount of wins, Robbie. So you've found the ladder, Matty. I know you're I've... hoping yeah, mate. Bit of a blow to their title hopes today. They lost to the Melbourne Renegades by five wickets in a fairly low-scoring encounter. Um, I've just yeah, got some it's, concerns it's, that they may not make the top four from here, Robbie. Um, those, those concerns that you have are, are valid. In fact, 
they are one point away from mathematically not being able to make it. Yeah. They currently sit, and I'm not giving up hope on it, they sit seven points adrift. They've only got eight points available to them if they won every game. So, so yeah, so wins, they can the four wins. They could, so they, they, they yeah, yeah, they could finish equal yeah. third with the Brisbane Heat, provided the Brisbane Heat don't yeah. win another game. Yeah, it's just going to be tricky for you, Matt. But um, but you know what? I've, but there's been some moments for them. You know, Charlie Wilson, Phoebe Litchfield, you know, um, Lauren Smith. There's been a few moments this year. Sometimes, Matt, you look at the ladder and you don't get a true picture. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just looking at this ladder as well. If if the Thunder win. So did you say they've got eight more points available to them? Yeah, if you get two points for a win allocation, if they won their last four, they'd, they could move to 12, 12 points. And yeah. that's the Sydney and Sixers sitting on top of the table at the moment on 12 points. So provided, yeah. m- maybe if they don't win another game, if the Strikers don't win another game, if the Heat don't win another game. and say the They're s- all on 12. And yeah. then Scorchers, you can't afford Scorchers to win another game either. Yeah. Because so that would take them to 13 points. So... So maybe Maddie, the top four have got say five games left each, and yeah. they can't afford to win another game if the Sydney Thunder are to go. And then what the uh, run rate, net run rate, could be an issue as well. And the other issue you're facing too, I just got a funny feeling some of those sides play each other, Matt. So someone's yeah. going to get points. So, uh, so, so you possibly, so we're ruling out maybe minor premiership, but I'm ruling out any finals action at all. In fact, uh. I've probably ruled that out a couple of games ago. <laughs> but <laughs> Gee, you're a tough mark, McKinley. Temerity. I admire your temerity, mate. Yeah. But, um, well, let's let's just have a quick summary of, of how things have been going here. Let's let's review the um, the Golden Cap. I love oh, this. Yeah. I love this Golden Cap. So, Dr. Georgia Redmayne, top of the tree, 305 runs. Beth Mooney, 258. 90. What about Beth Mooney? Oh. Daddy, on Saturday, she gets 99 not out. Um, and then on Sunday, she gets out first ball. Oh, that's it's a cruel game. Cricket. Every young cricketer needs to be told that story because that sums up cricket in a nutshell. That is that is cricket 101 yep. right there, isn't it? Yep, that is it there, Matty. You, just, you don't have to refer back to all the, to your library, your plethora of books you've got in your library. Just, just tell them that. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent, Robbie and Phoebe Litchfield. We mentioned her; she's on two hundred and forty runs. Susie Bates, yep. two hundred and thirty. Katie Mack, former guest on the Cricket Library podcast, two hundred and twenty-seven. Madeline Penner, another former guest on the Cricket Library podcast, two twenty-five. They're the top six batters, and then yep. I'm going with top six because in cricket we bowl overs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Top six seems to make sense there. Uh, now, the golden cap is with Jessica Jonathan for for the, for the bowling. She's on 17 wickets now, spin bowler. Second, Amanda Jane Wellington, spin bowler, 15 wickets. Then we've got a couple of quicks. We've got Nicola Hancock on 14, Megan Shoot on 14. Then it's down to Sophie Eccleston, another spin bowler, 13. Ash Gardner, 13. So what's that? Four of the top six bowlers in the WBBL spinners. Spinners are winners, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. In fact, six of the top nine 
if you want to take a little bit further. Oh, well, there you go. Who else would be in there? You'd probably have, I'd say... Um, Amelia Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, she'd have and to be in there. Yeah. One of the most underrated cricketers floating around in the Australian scene, Gemma Barsby. Oh, didn't she do a job today? Yep. That was incredible yep. from, from her today. Big wickets to set that Big game wicket. up. Big wickets at key times. Um, and are the strikers, what's your read on the strikers here, Robbie? They have they have done a tremendous job here today. Seven wicket win over the yep. Perth Scorchers, who accounted quite easily for the Sydney Sixers, who are on top of the ladder. I, I'm really having trouble getting a read on who I think will win mm. now, now that the, it looks like the Thunder may be out of contention. I need to pick another team here, and I just can't I'm, decide. I'm a little bit buoyant about the strikers. I know um, one of our fellow commentators, Marianne Henderson, is very buoyant about the strikers. Yeah. That's twice they've beaten, I think that's twice now they've beaten the Scorchers. Yeah. Yep. Um, they, yeah, they've got such they've got such a good bowling attack, but I still believe it's their batting that gets a bit underestimated. A lot of a lot of people talk about at, at the top of or, or the Deandra Dot and Cady Mack and Laura Woolbart. Like two of my favourite cricketers, I think are just so underrated. Are Bridge Patterson and Maddie Penner, really oh, good players. Maddie and Penner. And then you've got yeah, oh, I, I think Maddie Penner. I, she her future is so bright. Good player. So yeah, so. What, Look, Matty, I think they can. They might admit, I think they can win it. No doubt about it. Well, they certainly got a good mix, don't they? Their their bowling is world class with the likes of Shoot, Brown, and Wellington. Mm. And you know, you know what's most alarming about about the strikers? No. What do you think is most? Alarming well, and about? I don't, I don't have the data to back this, but I just feel like we haven't seen. The best of Talia McGrath is she? Yeah, she, yeah, she out yeah. injured at the moment, or do you know what's happening there? No, I she, can't, she didn't play today. But I, I just don't think we've seen the best of her, and she is world class. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, probably there could be something because we probably haven't seen her bowling as much as normal. Um, yeah, but that's a, watch this face on that one. We might just keep an eye on that because that could be. Yeah, just hope there's not a little niggle injury there playing along. But uh, now they've, as I said, they've got the show today. They've got you know to not have her play and still beat the Scorchers says a lot about the side. That gee, not only did Beth Mooney get a duck today, but you can throw in Chloe Paparo got a second ball duck yeah. and Marazan Cap got a first ball duck. So there you go. Those three players: Mooney, Paparo, Cap, face four balls, three ducks. Yeah. Yeah, and and another one of our favourite players had a great day today, Mignon Dupria. 73 not out from 54 wasn't quite enough as the Heat, I think it was Laura Harris's 100th game here. Okay. 68 not out of 29 balls, Robbie McKinlay. Um, yeah. uh, which reminds me, um, how about Tess Flintoff? Did you, did you oh. catch that at the North Sydney Oval? Oh, was that 16 balls or something 16 like that? balls, Robbie. Far out. I'm lucky to be uh, on three not out of 16 balls. Oh, you, like I say, that's you on a on an aggressive day. <laughs> um, no, that, that was the, 
that was just remarkable, wasn't it? Yeah. That's I, yeah. I um, think there was some stat, and I, I don't want to chop into um, Tabsy's take here because he's the man's got all the stats, but. I think it, it rates really high up there in all Australian cricket or world cricket in T20, the format, the fastest ever 50. Yeah. Like it, it is It is in all levels. All, it's right up there. So, yeah, yeah. good on her. And that's some exciting talent. And that's what we love about the WBBL. It showcases the talent. We can see every game's lot can be watched. It's just fantastic. Yeah, and, and some some brilliant games still to come. In the tournament, oh. Robbie, uh, it's it's just going all week. We've got Renegades and Hurricanes. We've got this is going to be a big one at Lilac Hill on on the 9th of November. Scorchers v Heat. Looking forward to that one. Sixes v Renegades down the City Power Centre. That one on Thursday. Uh, then Friday we've got Hurricanes and Strikers. Renegades and Scorchers on Saturday. Triple header on Saturday by the looks of it. Stars yep. and Sixers and, of course, the Heat and Hurricanes. And then Sunday, even more, Sixers, Scorchers, Stars, Renegades. That'll be a big blockbuster, that one. The two Melbourne teams looking for supremacy. And, of course, the Thunder will will um, hopefully get, get their season back on track with a win against the Strikers uh, next Sunday, Robbie. Matty, interesting one coming up on November 13. Game Strikers versus City Thunder mm. at Centennial Park Oval, near Utapa. I like that. I wonder. I, I'm going to be. It's for the Indigenous round. How good is that? That is outstanding. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big fan of that. I know. I know Tabsy's a big a, fan of that too. 13th of November. That's that's a week away. That's a, that's on the Sunday coming up. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that one. That looks uh, that one's pretty exciting. Very very exciting indeed. Well, Robbie, how about we take a break? Let's come back with our man Tabsy, and then uh, yep. we will wrap things up after that on the Cricket Library Weekly. It is now time for Tabsy's take. Join our resident cricket librarian in Orange as he gives us his take on all of the stats that matter. Let's see what Tabsy has for us today. A very special thanks to our artificial intelligence robot for that wonderful introduction. And without any further ado, let's let's get the man himself on here. Tabsy, you're back. I'm back. Good evening to you and your loyal listeners once again. Yeah, and you're enjoying the um, the robot intros. Oh, I'm loving it. What's more scientific or statistician than an AI robot introducing, <laughs> introducing the segment? I'm yeah. hoping that I could get that on my Excel spreadsheet one day. Yeah, maybe maybe we could uh, do a poll on which AI robot the listeners like the best. Yeah, I reckon that, that would that would might break the internet. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say the internet's breaking as we speak now. Tabsy, <laughs> uh, a, a fair bit going on since we last had a chat, Ash. Chandra Singer, what a what a what what a start! What a start for this young man, the twenty-year-old from Victoria, who couldn't get a run for Victoria, so actually went to the Northern Territory to get a game and peeled off five consecutive centuries up in Northern Territory Premier Cricket. Uh, but he's come back to Victoria and got a game in the Sheffield Shield 
during the week, and hasn't he taken off straight away? Century on debut, uh, yeah. which which doesn't probably sound too exciting. Numerous people have done century on debut, but he took three hundred and eleven balls to grab that century, which is the slowest in Sheffield Shield in ten years. Oh, gee, I love that. Imagine him and B.E. Street batting together. Imagine how how hard it would be to be a bowling attack bowling to those two. Oh, and wouldn't the Aubrey Library, Robbie down in Aubrey, love to commentate that? Oh, he would. He, <laughs> he would be all over a game like that. And well done. I love players who just do the extra yards, Tabsy. There's more than one way to get to your destination. And this young man has done that. He's gone to the Northern Territory, worked really hard, and he, he just loves batting, and he puts such a high price on his wicket. And I, I think that's to be applauded. Yeah, no, I'm fully with you, especially when you're opening the opening the innings. Yeah, and um, we, we mentioned PSP Hanscom last week, and I believe you've got a bit of um, bit of Hanscom gold for us. Yeah, I do. I, I noticed Robbie had a bit of a, a view that Hanscom maybe should go to the subcontinent uh, after his proficient start to this Sheffield Shield season. So I thought, I wonder how his performances go on the subcontinent because he's played a few games over there. Uh, I found out in, he's played 12 test innings in the in the subcontinent for 344 runs at an average of 34.4. So not overly high. Um so then I thought, let's have a look at his limited over form over there. And he's played 26 innings over the three formats for 764 runs and an average of 34.72, um, and which is pretty close to his career average overall. His test average is 38.91. His ODI is 33.26. And his T20 is 33. So, yeah, probably maybe not have that passport ready yet, but I'm sure there's a bit of time to go before then. Well, he's certainly peeling off the runs in the current Sheffield Shield competition, and interesting to get Robbie's views on those numbers. Tabsy, it's a shame he's not on the line with us now. It'd be very interesting to hear his response to that, but we'll, we'll get a response, no doubt. I'm sure Robbie will have an opinion on that. Now, should we be apologising to our England listeners who've, again, again, we have rocketed up the Apple podcast charts in the United Kingdom. We've, we raced back into the top 100. Is there any, like, should we be, should we be apologising? I probably should be apologising for calling him a minnow uh, <laughs> on last week's show. And I'm probably very happy that the game at the MCG got washed out against Australia, but I'm tipping Australia might not be happy after being bundled out of the T20 World Cup uh, earlier uh, last night. Um, but that's England's now made the semis in the last three T20 World Cups. So they're in, they're enjoying the World Cup. And, of course, they won the last 50-over World Cup. Well, they yeah. won tied. Well, they hit the most boundaries. Australia, that's the most they important the most measure boundaries. in a game, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, if you hit the most boundaries, you probably should get a trophy at the end of that. But anyway, that's how to be. We'll come up with a... Maybe another formula for that. Um, so, in 2021, last year, they lost to New Zealand by five wickets, which I think was exclusively tipped by maybe a, a host of this show. Yep. In 2016, they beat New Zealand. 
Um, but I think they could be in trouble in 2022. I'm, I'm going to use some stats here to try and back this up. Okay. Is that the last time Ireland beat England in a World Cup match was in 2011, and India went on and won the tournament. Tournament. Okay. So India are going to play England in the semi-finals in a few days' time, and based on that stat, India is not only going to beat England; they're going to then win the final to win the tournament, as it happened 11 years ago. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first, folks. India to win the World Cup based on data. And how exciting will that be? Especially today with South Africa. Don't they love, oh. don't they love a way to find a way to get funded out of a World Cup? 1992 at rain. Probably not their fault, but it's still a good story. Yep. 2003, rain again with Duckworth Lewis, and they thought they had the game won, but it turned out to be a tie. And today they lost to the Netherlands to uh, to be bundled out of the World Cup and Pakistan found a way through. And, and let's not forget 1999, the infamous uh, Lawn Bowls run out from D.W. Fleming and A.C. Gilchrist. Yeah. And the game prior to that was the Herschel Gibbs drop. Yeah. Oh, gee. South <laughs> Africa. Because <laughs> oh, no. on paper, you'd say South Africa are in the top four teams, I would have thought. I'd have them in yeah. my top four just based on, 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 on well, <laughs> you'll run the stats on this and tell me that that's incorrect. <laughs> I, I just had a gut feel that South Africa should be there, but the Netherlands had their say and bye-bye South Africa. Um, yeah, so, but bye-bye yeah. Australia as well, Tabsy. Um, they just never really got going. No, I think they... You know, I think there'll be some more better experts than me that will uh, will dissect uh, Australia's performance at the World Cup. But looking at last year's World Cup to this year's World Cup, I think you can start seeing some of the problems uh, that are shown. And if we look at the batting, David Warner was player of the tournament in 2021. Mm. 289 runs, average of 48.16, a strike rate of 146.7. Fast forward 12 months later, 44 runs and an average of 11, and his strike rate plummeted down to 107. So not a good start at the top of the order for Australia. Um, what about the bowlers? At, a couple of the bowlers, Tabsy. Yeah, Josh Hazelwood um, took 11 wickets last year. Uh, this year at an economy rate of 7.29. But this year, down to five wickets. Admittedly, they didn't play as many games. But his economy's gone up to 8.3. So an extra run of, and over uh, to his to his total. Or one every every over, so adds up pretty quickly. Zampa, um, again, thirteen wickets at the last tournament, and an economy rate of five point eight one. He only took five wickets as well, and his economy was six point seven. And in the whole tournament, Josh and Adam were actually thirty first and thirty second in the bowling ranks uh, for the tournament oh, in wow. Australia. So, and they're the best for Australia. And even with the baddest, Marcus Dornis is the best for Australia in the batting, but. Um, he's number 16 for the tournament. So, yeah, no no Australian player in the top 15 in batting or bowling. So, yeah, it's pretty hard to win a, a tournament, especially a World Cup with those kind of figures, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, very, very tricky to win. Usually, yeah, usually you need uh, a standout, really, that that takes takes the tournament by the scruff of the neck, so to speak. 
a bit like um, Mitch Marsh did last time, didn't he? He really owned that, well, certainly the final, and batted batted with quite a good strike rate throughout, didn't he? Yeah, last year was up at 146, and this year is down to 130. Um, missed a game, but even Matthew Wade, you know, doesn't get a lot of opportunities to bat in the World Cup or in the Australian T20 side batting low down. But last year, he, he was striking at 164, and this year it was down to 100. So, you know, those last four or five overs when he would normally come in and, and uh, give it a bit of a whack, he, he was down as well. So um, I think there might be a few changes now for the next cycle of the T20, but uh, we'll wait and find out, I suppose. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Now, we had some trivia and I'd love to reveal the answer to the trivia question from, from last week. Who who did, or when was New Zealand's last win in Australia against Australia? And who was the debutante? Yes, well, it was a test match. It was the second test in that series. It finished one all. It was only a two-test series. Uh, and New Zealand beat Australia in Hobart by seven runs. Um, and I, I remember that game quite clearly. Trent Bolt was on debut. For New Zealand that match. Ah, yes. Um, and he, he had a good match, actually. He took three for 29 and, and one for 51. But in the New Zealand second innings, he put on 23 for the last wicket with Chris Martin. Is um, that um, Chris. Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay? I didn't know he no, was from New Zealand. Yeah, no, there's a different Chris Martin who played test cricket for New Zealand. And going by his budding stats, probably wanted Coldplay's Chris Martin to bat for him. Because <laughs> um, everyone would know that Chris Martin actually had the most ducks in test history. Yeah, um, the I, greatest I bunny of all time. That, yeah, I think there's a story that actually struggled to see the ball when he was batting. Um, and he only saw it halfway down the pitch, which might explain a little bit too. <laughs> um, but in that same match, um, it was only David Warner's second test match. And he carried his bat in the second innings um, for 123 not out of Australia's total of 233, they'll chase him 241 for the total. Uh, and with a bit of math and some calculator work, that turns out to be 52.79% of the total score that David Warner scored in, the, in only his second test match. Oh, wow. Now, so, this this might segue in nicely, Tabsy. Um, you've been doing any umpiring this season? Well... Due to a few factors, mainly the rain, which um, unfortunately in the Central West is devastating the Central West with a few floods all over the place. Yes, that was my first day um, okay. out, out there. And it was a quite an interesting day where a couple of things happened that got me started thinking last night when I got home about finding out some stats around it and how it's happened in Test cricket. And it's a, bit a new way we could get our loyal listeners to get involved in, in, this, in this segment. And if they see something in local cricket that they want to, want to see as has happened in international cricket or first-class cricket, then please go through the social channels and we can have a look at it. Um, so yesterday in this game I umpired, I had a, a player score 122 out of 156, out of the total of 156, which is 78.2% of the run. So That's incredibly that's high. high. Yeah. That is massive high. And... Also in the same game, a different player took a hat-trick. So oh, wow. It got, it got me thinking a little bit, and I thought I might do a bit of research here just to find out a few things. And uh, is it safe to say that a common thing when someone loses their record 
they usually say records are meant to be broken. Have you heard that yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Like the four-minute mile. When the four-minute mile got broken, there was a flurry of people that all of a sudden could run under four minutes. Um, yeah, rec- records yeah. are made to be broken. They well, don't last forever. Well, there, there might be a couple of cricket records that might never be broken. I, Don Brabant's 99.94 would be very hard to beat. I, I, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I can't see um, that happening but, either. But in the very first innings, in the very first test match, I'm going all the way back to 1877. I'm, I'm going back nearly 150 years to this. <laughs> Carl Stanneman not only scored the first century in test cricket, he scored 67.34% of the first innings total for Australia. He got 165 not out out of 245. Um, and I thought he actually carried his bat, but he ended up being retired hurt. So yeah. you know, must have got sore shoulders from carrying his team. <laughs> um, so that record is still standing after 100 and what are we up to? About 145 years. Yeah. Amazing. The next best, and I was actually at this game, is MJ Slater scored a hundred against England in nineteen ninety nine. You were there, and I was there. I saw the hat, and there was also a hat trick in that match by Darren Goff. Darren Goff, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I was there for that, and I was there to watch MJ Slater. I think he was probably run out. But the third umpire camera angles weren't as good in nineteen ninety nine as we have today, <laughs> um, and I think our England viewers. And listeners would probably say that he was running out. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Yeah. What was I saying? The classics, look in the scorebook. Yeah, that's right. But, but he scored 66.84%, which is the second best in Test cricket history. Oh, wow. Uh, so he, 120 years on, he was very close to beating Mr. Bannerman. Yeah, very close. Didn't quite, didn't quite get there. Um, but that game also included a hat-trick, just like yesterday. So, yeah, that, that's just an example of if, if the loyal listeners want to get involved in this segment and they see something in their local cricket, then more than happy to, to see what we can find out about it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's lots of club cricketers listening to this podcast, and I'm sure we can get some, some viewer interaction here. And speaking of viewer interaction, Tabsy, have you got a new question for us this week? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and. The question is around Virat Kohli. We spoke about Virat Kohli last week with his phenomenal uh, average when chasing successful run chase in T20 World Cups. Um, but this week, he became the highest run scorer in T20 World Cup history. Uh, he's now got 1,065 runs from 25 matches at an average of 89.75 um, runs per innings. So question that I'm going to ask the viewers and the listeners this week is, who did he go past? Who record did he break and how many runs did he score? Yeah, well, get your thinking caps on. Try not to Google it, folks. Try and yeah. try try and put in an educated guess and create a little bit of banter on, on our social channels. Let's see, let's see who can get the prize supplied by Rob B's. Uh, some of the best honey you'll ever see or taste. As soon as it's produced, it will be magnificent, I'm sure. Oh, award from what I've heard. It is award-winning honey. It is award-winning honey. Well, Tabsy, it's 
it's we've we've had the um we haven't had the Kurt Angle theme music to cut us off this time, but um it is time for us to wrap it up for another edition of Tabsy's Take. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem, all, Matt. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week. I'll get I'll get the Kurt Angle music queued up now. <laughs> Hey Matt, how are you? It's your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. And I hear you write haiku poetry about your favorite sport, cricket. And your poems are awesome, and some of them are published. I want to encourage you to write more poems and continue sharing your love of cricket with the world. And if Cricket Library were an Olympic sport, you would be a gold medalist. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. (laughs) Well, our man Tabsy has not disappointed once again, Robbie. And and this is remarkable. You're a bit of a Charles Bannerman fan mm. yourself. And we've got a new little segment here, Robbie's Rob B's sweet spot. Yeah, it's just a sort of my the honey empire here at Robbie's. Um just flicking through some Charles Bannerman stuff because my love of cricket started by finding a book down at our old house on the farm. I stumbled mm. across this book and the book had it's got a a, a um, I guess a well-written description of every test match plus full scorecards from 1877 to the last test match between Australia and England before World War II. Oh, wow. And, and of course, that's what I first saw. The very, per- the very first name on the scores sheet you see in this book of test cricket is Charles Bannerman, 165. Now, I believe Tabsy was unsure of how he was, why he retired hurt. Yeah. I can tell you why he retired hurt. He had his finger split open by oh, the wow. bowler Ullet. Ullet. So, but he did bat in the second dig. Um, was out for four. <laughs> Guess who bowled him? Ullet oh. bowled him. But, oh, Bannerman's bunny. Yeah, Bannerman's bunny. Oh, ba- well, Bannerman was his bunny, more to the point. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't call him. Yeah, yeah see, that's, that's an, that was probably an early crow at the time. <laughs> um, it's. It's a famous thing, the Paul Kelly song about Brabham, wasn't it? Hey, Whitey, that's my rabbit. <laughs> no, yeah. sorry. Um, now, Charles Bannerman, in addition to his test match feeds, also holds the following unique records. He's the first player to score a five in a test match. Because, Matty, in those days, you know, a batsman only got a, got a five for hitting the ball over the pickets. Oh, wow. And Bannerman, yeah, so Bannerman, in these days, hit the very first six. But back then in the second test in Melbourne, it was only a five. So he is also the first Australian to score a century in England. He made 133 at Leicester in 1878. He's the first Australian to score a century in Canada, 125 at Montreal in 1878, I guess on the way over for the tour. And he's the first Australian to score a century in New Zealand, 125 at Invercargill. So there you go. So Charles Bannerman, he was just setting records very early. Oh, he certainly was. That is outstanding data from you. And, and I just want to put it out there. Hey, I'm not trying to jump out of my lane. <laughs> Far from it. Far from uh... it. But it was this, this amazing stat I had. And by coincidence, Tabsy mentioned Charles Bannerman in his take. So I just thought I'd be probably appropriate time just to throw that in. So that's just that's supporting um, Tabsy's take. Yeah, it really does hit the sweet spot, Robbie. I'm I'm a fan, and yep. yeah, we're not looking we're not looking to move on our 
our man Tabsy uh, at this stage. That's for sure. Not particularly uh, not how well we're going in the UK at the moment. Those ratings yeah, are just yeah. skyrocketing over there at the moment. Well, that's good. Uh, look, the other thing, just, that very first Test match Australia won, mm. look, there, was, there, was no, there wasn't a lot of money around those days. The players often didn't even get allowances for playing or even their bare expenses. So the Victorian Cricket Association, who controlled that first Test match in Melbourne, mm. they showed their appreciation of the wonderful achievement of Australia winning this first Test match by awarding members of the side with a gold medal to each player. Oh, yes. Yes. And Dave Gregory, the captain, um, who was unfortunately run out in the first innings for one, I hope Charles didn't run him out, but anyway, he actually, being the captain, just to make it a little bit more special, he was given a larger size gold medal. Oh, wow. So there you go. Gold medals all round. I love that. And they, they threw around the hat a bit and a subscription was started amongst the enthusiastic public on behalf of Charles Bannerman for scoring the first 100 and he was handed a 100 pounds. So there you go. So it, was, it all worked out quite nicely then. Oh, it worked out beautifully. Um, now, now, Robbie. But, yes. Australia, World Cup. Yeah. Tabsy touched on it. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, he did. He did. And I, I want to get your predictions now that Australia can't make it any further. Well, well do you well, remember what I might have said after that very that unbelievable game, the, one of the greatest games of T20 cricket history, when India beat Pakistan mm-hmm. at the MCG? And I, my wish at that point I threw away my allegiance to my own home country and I said I will take that India versus Pakistan final at the same venue and you know what it could happen because they are both in semi-finals and they're on opposite sides of the draw it could still happen India versus Pakistan doing it all over again at the MCG you may very well get your wish Robbie well, I still remember that, that, that pulsating match played when uh, Virat Kohli got India home. I would love if they replay that and the crowd. And what about the crowd against Zimbabwe? Full yeah. house at the MCG. But how good is that to the Zimbabwean cricketers? They'd never get that opportunity to play in front of that many people. Never, ever, ever again, you wouldn't think. And they've played it out in front of them. So, I know the rain's affected this World Cup a little bit, and I know Australia aren't going to be in the semi-finals. But tell you what, there's been some great stories in it. So, yeah, bravo. Yeah, so there you go. You heard it here first. India v Pakistan in the World Cup final, according to our expert, Robbie McKinley. Well, Robbie, we are out of time. We've had a Wednesday edition of the Cricket Library Weekly, a Friday edition of the Cricket Library Weekly, and now a Sunday night edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. Who knows when we'll be back, but it'll be a day of the week coming up soon. I'm tipping a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're looking at a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much to all of our loyal listeners for tuning in once again. Thanks to Tabsy for his take as always. And, Robbie, a big thanks to you. Looking forward to hearing you back in commentary again soon. 
and catching up again next time as we do it all again for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.